G'day. For those who haven't met me before, uh, like Chloe said, my name is Nick. I'm a member here of the congregation at Hope. Uh, if you don't know what that means, that means when I'm not up here talking, I'm right there sitting listening. Um, so like Chloe said, I'm going to continue the Advent talks. Um, I'm following on from uh, Monique, so we're in the second week of that. And if you haven't heard Monique's talk, uh, like I hadn't until a week ago, uh, it's on the Hope Church Spotify, and it is a cracker. So I've got to follow up from that. Um, so what I plan to do is read the passage for today, uh, which is Isaiah chapter 40, like Chloe said, uh, verses 1 to 11. Then... Uh, talk to you all about preparing. Uh, But before that, I want to give the text that I'm about to read some context to let you know what I'm going to read is about. So from what I've learned, the book of Isaiah is split into two parts. The first 39 chapters detail how the people of Israel are rebelling against God and not putting their trust in him. This involves some bad deals, uh, people believing that they are higher than God, uh, and there's lots of sins against each other. It's a bit of a mess, biblically and societally speaking, from what I've read. And ultimately, this leads to the people of Israel being exiled into Babylon. The second part of Isaiah, which is where my passage for today picks up, is all about hope for the future. Uh, The coming uh, of the... This coming from the people of Israel being able to come home from exile. The exile is over and now the time is, uh, now the time is to prepare the way for the Lord to come for the sake of Israel. And these words mimic the words used by John the Baptist when he speaks of someone that will come to bring the kingdom of God. So, Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for God, for our God, Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. From the mouth of the Lord has spoken, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are like grass. And their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid, say the towns of Judah. Here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends to his flock like a shepherd. 
He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. This is the word of the Lord. All right. So, uh, yeah, I was going to share that this was a little fun fact that I chose this from the lectionary. Um, So, yeah, so I chose this out of four uh, different passages. And, uh, yeah, uh, Chloe's already talked about that, so I'll skip that bit. Um, So a commonality I found between all four of these passages uh, that I had to choose from was this theme of being prepared. Someone or something being prepared through all of them. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's no secret that a large people, uh, a large number of people in our world today are preparing in some way. Christmas dinners are being thought of, family trips to visit their friends and loved ones are being planned, presents are being bought. Maybe you're preparing your social batteries to go out in the world. Or maybe you are someone who is preparing for another tough season. I wonder what preparing during this time means to you. I wonder if you could imagine with me here, what if you had someone of particular importance coming to stay? What if you had to prepare for that? What if I told you it was our king? What preparations would you make? What decisions would need to be made? I want to park that imaginary situation for a moment. So in this season, as Christians, we prepare for a time where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but as a Christian during this season, I'm often left wondering what this really means. As this season approaches, I often feel called to do more than what I am doing right now, especially when it comes to others. Sorry, this is the first time I've used my iPad and it found a new web page for me. Okay, we're back. Um, so, I often feel called to do... Okay, um, I've been working on this preach for a, a little while now and exploring the idea of how to prepare myself in the way that I believe God wants me to. For those who don't know me very well, I work for the ambulance service, but I don't tend to be out on the ambulances that you might see commonly on the roads. Instead, I work for a department called the Department of Specialist Resilience Assets, and this means that I still see patients but my unit spends a lot of its time preparing for the difficult situations that ambulance staff might find themselves in or might find their patients in. For example, if someone finds themselves critically unwell in a hazardous environment that requires specialist protective equipment or training to enter, the ambulance service has a legal duty to find a way to provide assistance to that individual once the 909 call is accepted. However, the ambulance service also has a legal duty to not to comply with the Health and Safety Act and all the other regulations to not put its staff in a situation that could potentially or accidentally or actually kill them. Um, to put this really briefly and to save a long talk about politics and procedures of the ambulance service, though, the way we plan around these events is there are multiple different people 
at multiple different levels uh, that are involved in this to ensure the ambulance service is prepared as much as it can be. Uh, so it goes from you know, as high as NHS England, which have their own resilience department uh, that make the big decisions about what needs to happen. Then there's the National Ambulance Resilience Unit, uh, which create and implement policies and procedures on how they believe is best to deal with these uh, situations. Then you have a whole structure of ambulance commanders and littler people like me who do regular training and implement these ideas to hopefully ensure the ambulance service is able to efficiently and effectively help patients in adverse situations. So why have I told you this? Because I, like the ambulance service too, believe that the most effective way of doing things is having a good system and having a plan to be prepared. This led me to my first idea when I, that I had when I felt this, initially felt this feeling of being drawn during this season to do more, particularly around others. The good news for me, and if this is also you, there are plenty of systems to invest in, whatever that happens to mean to you and me. Systems that make it their duty to help others. And if only that was the end of my preach. <laughs> because I feel like that would be oversimplifying something that's way, way more complex. I'm just left with, because I, like you, might be left with this question of which system do I invest my resources into? Because there are so, so many. There are charities, there are churches, there's initiatives set up by other people, there are initiatives set up by me. And they all want the, your resources, they all want my resources, like our money, our time, and our energy. And I don't know which one because I don't have unlimited resources, which sucks because I know that I have to give a singular yes and a million no's to a whole bunch of other systems that are probably equally worthy of my resources. There is... So here is my potential solution to this dilemma, uh, which is something I mentioned earlier. I need to be prepared to know what the best solution might be. So how have I been preparing? Well, to answer this, I want to now focus on two things. One being about journeying, uh, joining a physical system similar to the one I described before involving the ambulance service but also creating systems in my mind that remind me what I believe God wants me to do. So firstly, let's talk about physical systems to engage in. This one might sound obvious to some, but volunteering and investing your time, energy or money to help those who need help is a very important thing during this time. If not more important than any other time during the year. And it's because things are generally harder for everyone, but are particularly hard for some in this country. And I think this is one of the reasons I feel drawn to help others during this time. Because whether I face it directly or not, I know this fact deep down. And in fact, I have I've seen it. I remember volunteering in a soup kitchen, which feels like a very classic... Christian thing to be doing, uh, and it was just after this season, just after winter, 
And all the rough sleepers came and gathered in this church to receive their meal. But before they ate their meal, they gave thanks, they raised a glass, and clapped and cheered uh, at the fact that they had uh, survived that winter and did not die. And for a young, I was a little bit younger then, and it was actually probably one of the more confronting things I had to face after volunteering there, because I'd never considered the notion that people would have to consider dying as something that would be a part of uh, a possibility just because it was winter. And rough sleepers are not the only people who are challenged during this season. Loneliness is also prevalent. What about those freezing to death in their own homes? These people exist in our community. And if confidentiality was not an issue, I could tell you exactly where these people are. And I may be speaking above my station when I mention this next point, but it isn't enough to throw a bit of change at a rough sleeper. It's been covered in this church that this might not be the best idea anyway. And remember how I mentioned a system that we can all work in? Well, when you know what type of system that addresses the need you feel is most prominent in your heart, join it. Join any one of the possible many systems that help people. And in my opinion, they are so much more successful than individual actions. Maybe instead of just throwing money at organisations you believe in, maybe you would be able to help in up higher up that chain uh, the organiza- of these organisations by giving some of your expertise for free. So like I said earlier, it's not, as, it's not very simple to know which one to choose. So this brings me to my second system that I've been using to prepare myself to help with this. It closely relates to the question... I get asked when talking about my work, which is, how do we prepare for unexpected events? The answer is, you can't, exactly. But this is where the mission comes in. Every emergency service in the UK follows the same principles when tackling a complex, unplanned incident. And they involve the principles of working together, saving lives, and reducing harm. And this guides us to what is the best decision to make in a complex, unplanned situation. And in fact, while I was learning about this initially as a younger paramedic, um, they said to us that being prepared is not the art of preventing being surprised. It is the art of knowing you are not helpless to do something meaningful. So as Christians, there needs to be a mission to guide us to know what the best action is to make particularly when faced with so much need and brokenness in our world, communities, and lives. And I think as Christians, we can find this in regular prayer and listening to what God has to say when we ask him, what would you have me do today? I think it comes from reading the Bible, studying what God has to say about what we should do. I think it comes from seeing God in others and acting on that. Matthew 25, 40 says, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's Jesus saying that. I didn't mention that. but So remember the scenario I mentioned earlier about preparing and what if it was for a king. 
Well, the Bible passage mentions all these really grand actions, the Bible passage for today. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. These things seem very worthy of a king. And I believe this passage is telling us that when we see the face of God in other people and truly believe that Christ dwells in all those on our planet Earth, then preparing the way for God is making grand actions to make others' lives easier and better. Some people refer to their problems as feeling as if they are in a low valley. This passage says to raise the valleys up in preparation for the Lord. Some people refer to their problems as a mountain. This passage says, in preparation for the Lord, make those mountains small. You see, at Christmas, Christ is not being born, literally, spoiler, uh, as I found myself being complacent in this way. He is born already and he has lived. We are not buying baby toys and onesies during this season in preparation for Christ to be born, but we are preparing for something else, something much more. So, I say that I wish not to be complacent and dwell on Christ's birth as just another holiday where people suffer and die, but as what I believe Jesus and God want me to do, to see a stranger as Christ. I've been revisiting this and asking what, that, what that, would that look like. And it's not to say that I don't want to drink eggnog and buy presents, and I'm not trying to devalue what Christmas is right now for some people, because all those things are good too. I just wonder if there is more you, like me, feel that you could be doing with what you have a lot of. So ultimately, how do I think preparing for this season should look? Loving one another enough to see the need and respond to that. Prepare to love and struggle. Love being a verb. We say we choose love because the opposite is sometimes easy. I find it a struggle to always love my neighbor as myself and to know what the right thing to do is sometimes. Opened another web My apologies. Here we go. Let me try that again. I find it a struggle to always love my neighbor as myself and know what the right thing to do is sometimes. I often wish I could do everything for everyone in an attempt to make things perfect. Because when I read passages like that one today, I believe that this is what is fit for a king like Jesus. But perfection is impossible in the way that I think it is. It's not achievable. But if there is anything I know of God in response to that want to be perfect, it is that I am perfectly made. You are perfectly made. And we are capable of love that removes barriers. No need for a fancy, something fancy, just love as a preparation. So as I come to a close... I want to finish with a reminder of God's power and gentleness that today's passage finishes with. Because we are not alone in our, endeavor, our endeavors to make valleys lifted up and mountains made low. We are not alone as we have struggles that feel like mountains or valleys. 
The passage for today is also a reminder of God's power and love for us. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. So I say to those like me and feel called to do something during this season, take action and find your mission and hold that as your compass to what you should do daily. Then find a system of people that are helping others and find how you can join it. But join it in a way that best suits what you can do best and uses what you have to give. Don't just do things for the sake of doing it. Do it because God loves you and calls you to love others as he loves you.